Battleborn Phantom. Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Blue Jays podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua and Sonal, joined by my co-host, Nicholas Velacci. Nick, the Jays have won seven of their last ten games. They look like they're finally starting to come around. How are you feeling and what is your thoughts on, uh, you know, how this week has gone for our Blue Jays? Uh, I'll say this week's gone all right. I think we've definitely seen uh, a few below average performances from the team. But overall, you know, lots to be happy about. Definitely in a better spot than we were a month and a, a month ago. So that's always a positive. But yeah, you know, it, it, it seems like they're starting to figure it out. But I don't think they're even close to scratching the surface yet of how good they can be. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they've won three of their last six games, which is, you know, not the best uh, 500 level. But this is a Jays team that we know what there's going to be the ups, there's going to be the downs. They're still relatively young. Um, they have tons of talent here in Toronto. And tonight they will take on the Detroit Tigers, who are also a struggling ball club. But coming into this game, you know, the Jays last two series were against you know, well, the Royals were a weaker opponent. The Twins weren't that bad, and the White Sox are definitely better than what their record shows. Um, you know, the last series, I want to dive in more than the Twin series because, you know, the Twin series, there was bound for regression. They were winning games on end, eight wins in a row. Uh, so, you know, it's hard to really beat them up for how Minnesota went despite them missing, you know, tons of key pieces to their bullpen. But you look at the Royal series, first game, they went eight nothing, second game, they went seven nothing. Uh, the third game of that series to get the sweep, Kikuchi blew up in the first inning. And I was reading a stat. Kikuchi in the first inning has been hit hard. Like, we're talking really hard here. I believe he has a OPS, no, a whip, sorry, of over 1,000 in the first inning. And his whip in the second inning is almost over 700. So, tell me, does that worry you? Yeah, I think I think it can be cause for concern. I think, you know, that all that shows is that he's a guy that needs to get settled in. Uh, and typically, I guess what that means is that, you know, if he is able to get settled in, then we do get a pretty quality start out of him. Uh, you know, I think he he once he gets past that uh, early goings, I think once it, if they don't jump on him, then he's pretty good at getting settled in. And we have seen that throughout the year. You know, he is much better in that third, fourth inning, uh, aside from a few uh, appearances where obviously he got lit up in those cases. But, yeah, he, he seems to be, uh, at least to me, uh, a very on-off kind of guy. Like, you really don't know what you're going to get day-to-day. Um, and, that you know, that's okay. Some guys are just like that. You know, not everyone can be consistent. Not everyone can be like Manoa uh, or the Gosmans. I mean, I know Gosman had that one tough outing, but, you know, everyone has those days. But, you know, he so clearly he's not going to be that consistent uh, force in the rotation. But he is somebody who's capable of, you know, waking up and giving you a quality six inning outing, just like he's, you know, capable of what we saw there. You know, I think a lot of it just comes down to control uh, and hitting his spots. You know, he didn't have his best stuff and clearly uh, we paid for it. Yeah. You know, I agree with that. Uh, you say he's a guy that, you know, he is going to be your back rotation starter. 
he's had some nice starts so far with the Jays. I think, you know, a lot of people overlooked the addition of bringing him in. He's not supposed to be our ace. Me and you talked about that on an episode prior. Um, you know, I think he's perfect in his role, really, uh, with the Blue Jays right now. Obviously, you know, his role is growing with Ryu out. But, you know, when Ryu's healthy, I still think I, I put Ryu above him. But you say is you know, a quality fifth starter right now. And, you know, you look across the league, there's not many teams that can have a guy like you say and his talent, what he brings to the team as a fifth starter. To me, that's a win. I'm a huge fan of his when he's on his game. You know, he's got some dirty stuff. Um, but, yeah, that first inning is just worrisome, you know. There's pitchers in the league that always talk about, you know, the first inning's always the hardest. You know, you have the anxiety battle, and, you know, it's, you know, really tough mentally getting out of that first inning. Some guys have been on the record for saying, you know, that's the hardest part of their game is getting out through the first inning. And one thing I noticed is these struggles happen at Rogers Center, but they also happen on the road. So, like, you look at the splits, like, there's no clear difference. It looks like he's struggling with the first inning uh, no matter where he's pitching. And to me, you know, yes, that's worrisome, but he's he's the fifth starter, right? Like, we have to give him credit there, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, look, I was somebody who thought that maybe he could make a case that he's the fourth, third best starter on the team. And, you know, when I say third best, I don't mean – I don't want anyone to mistake me for saying that he's the third best starter in our rotation. I'm more so I'm saying that he's capable of being that level of pitcher. Now, clearly that hasn't been the case just because, you know, consistency matters. You know, that's the biggest thing. That's kind of why Barrios was so hyped up. I mean, obviously – it hasn't been what we expected of him so far this year. Uh, but, you know, that was kind of his big thing is that he's always going to be consistent. You know, you're not going to get those ups and downs. He's going to be that nice middle ground all the time. So you know what you're expecting. That's kind of what we're, we don't see from him, from uh, from you say. You know, he's all over the place. But, you know, I think that just having a back-end starter with that kind of uh, stuff and talent, that that's good. You know, that bodes well because, you know, if we ever do need – uh, you know, a, a start, although we can't rely on him, we know that he is capable of pulling that out and he can win you a game, uh, in my opinion. Yes. You say as, you know, a back-end rotation starter, I think is a, you know, it's a real solid piece. Um, but with that, let's go now to the pen. You know, we were talking about this last game here against Kansas City, which I really felt a sweep coming. It should have been a sweep but Trevor Richards uh you know and what he's brought to the Jays this season I think it's fair to say that the Jays lost the trade looking at it right now don't you agree yeah I mean I I always kind of felt that way I always thought that you know but again given how Rowdy was performing and he had that huge hitless streak we always knew that we were selling low on him but given you know the time of year uh he wasn't really getting at bats uh and we needed uh, uh, bullpen helped badly I mean we kind of just had to you know get a penny on the dollar there but I mean it is what it is we we kind of knew that we were selling low even then and now we're seeing Rowdy really come into his own in Milwaukee the change of scenery was you know it's paying dividends for him uh, so yeah I mean I think it's very safe to say we lost the trade Richard's never had any like high profiling stuff uh, and he's not you know young by any stretch of the imagination so there was never really thought that this guy's going to be a cornerstone of our bullpen for long term Frankly, I was surprised that he performed as well as he did last year, to be honest with you, because, you know, he was a very, very big contributor down the stretch in that bullpen. Um, and I was always shocked. And I think now we're kind of seeing, I don't think he's this bad, but, you know, I, I do think it's fairly safe, to, fairly safe to say that we did lose the trade. Yeah, you know, in the season so far, he's pitched 21.5 innings. 
a 5.68 ERA, 29 strikeouts, and 13 walks. You know, it's frustrating for sure when you see him enter the ball game, and especially the game against Kansas City, a winnable game in my opinion. You know, the offense probably at that point in the game could have came back and, you know, most likely won that game. I, I don't think very highly of the Royals. If you watch the first two games, I think you agree as well to anybody that watched. The Royals are a team that struggled. I felt that the Jays could have swept that series. But, you know, we're moving on. And tonight we welcome a series with the Detroit Tigers, who are a team that, you know, they had so much expectations coming into the season. They went out, they spent cash. They have two top prospects in Casey Mize and Tariq Skubal leading their front of the rotation. Obviously, Mize is battling some injuries. I'm a huge Skubal fan. Uh, you know, I'm you are as well. I'm pretty sure we've talked about him multiple times but this Detroit Tigers team has really struggled this season they have a 23 and 33 record they're fourth in the AL Central and you know they really have not lived up to expectations tonight Elvin Rodriguez is on the bump going against our Jose Barrios this is not an ERA matchup by any stretch of the imagination Jose Barrios comes in with a 5.24 ERA Elvin Rodriguez has a 10.13 ERA Obviously, he's only pitched in 16 innings so far for the Detroit Tigers. But tell me, what is your expectations for tonight and the rest of the series as the Jays take on the Detroit Tigers? Uh, you know, I'm I'm really hoping that uh, you know we do see Burials on on his game. Uh, that would be very very uh, helpful considering you know, he is coming off uh, performance against the uh, Twins where he was phenomenal. You know, career high in strikeouts. He was definitely on it. Um, you know, on his game there. Besides the first inning home run that he'd given up. So I'm expecting him to carry it over, especially, you know, this Detroit lineup isn't scary by any stretch of the imagination. I know they have Baez now, uh, you know, but I have him in fantasy, and I can tell you, he has not been great. I, I can tell you firsthand. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, looking at you know, how this series lays out, I think this will be, you know, first of uh, many wins, um, you know, uh, that we'll see in this coming stretch. And for this series specifically, I do think that this is, uh, you know, this is a very winnable series, and I think they should take the one tonight. Yeah, you know, I think Barrios should have, you know, a fairly solid outing tonight. The Detroit Tigers are in an offense to, you know, be worried about. They aren't that great overall as a team so far this season. Looking at tomorrow's game as well, we have Cy Gauz going against Brisiki. Obviously, Brisiki's 0-5 this season, a 4.93 ERA, still searching for his first win on the year. But the Sunday game is where I get nervous because you have Ross Stripling going against Tariq Skubal. And Scooball, you know, he's had a phenomenal season so far. As a young guy, you know, he had a tough start um, to the season, but so far he's really settled in the last month here, especially in May. Uh, 65 innings, 0.2 so far pitched this season, a 2.33 ERA, 70 strikeouts, only 10 walks, uh, you know, 5-2 and two record. He's really turned it on since, you know, taking off that, I think it was like a rust to start the year, obviously short in spring training younger pitcher uh, I think he's going to be one of the top end pitchers in baseball and you know for years to come now his last start he kind of got knocked around by the Pirates a bit giving up six hits three earned but he still got nine punch outs in seven innings so you know this is a guy that he's going to be looking to bounce back when he gives up three earned runs he usually has a really dominant next outing like he gave up three runs against Cleveland the next game against the Minnesota Twins he only gave up two hits over seven innings with no runs allowed which this guy, when he's on his game, he's really tough to stop. Left-handed pitcher, and he's got some serious, serious dirty stuff. Uh, what do you? What is your kind of record prediction here in this series? Do you think Jays take two or three? Because that's what I'm going with. 
you know, I I think it's a safe bet. I do think it's a safe bet. I, th- I think it'll happen. Honestly, man, I, I will say, though, that uh, I am a big fan of Tariq. I think he's a very good pitcher. Um, I will say that lately, you know, he hasn't faced the toughest of lineups. Uh, you know, he but he has been dominant. You know, he, he does take care of business against the weaker teams. But he should be in for, a, you know, a bit of a, a challenge with the Jays lineup. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he were to get lit up, you know. But on the other hand, we don't have a very strong starter going. We do have Stripling making, I think, what is it, his third start of the year, maybe? Something like that, fourth, something. Uh, it's not very, you know, not – he hasn't started too many games. Uh, but I think, you know, I think I think a win uh, should happen. I, I, don't, I don't think we're at the stage where we're saying it may happen. Like, you know, this is a competitive ball club. You know, we expect things from them. And uh, that being said, I think this should be a, a series win at the bare minimum. Yeah, I know. It should, for sure. This Detroit team has really disappointed, you know, myself, for sure. And I'm sure I'm not the only one in the world of baseball, you know. But they are getting Grossman back. He has been officially reinstated from the IL at the time of this recording, which is, you know, cool. But, you know, they're getting Grossman. Who do the Jays bring up? Gabriel Moreno is expected to be activated for this series for the Blue Jays. Their top prospect, uh, you know, he is the catching position, which is a very heavy position uh, with the Blue Jays this season. How excited for you? How excited are you to see Moreno finally with the big club and the majors? I'm very excited. I think this is a fantastic time to to do it. Um, but I also I'm realistic. Uh, you know, we do see it time and time again. Uh, these catching prospects, they take a lot longer to get going in the majors. I mean, we've seen it with Adley this year, you know, number one ranked prospect in all of baseball for a good reason. The guy's a stud, but he just hasn't gotten it going. You know, these guys, they're tasked with a lot. You know, coming up, you have to learn uh, every pitcher, their tendencies, their repertoires. You have to be able to know, you know, what to do in terms of uh, game calling, you know, and then not to mention, you got to worry about the defensive end, how to block certain guys, uh, breaking balls, you know, so there's a lot on the mental side that he's going to have to learn uh, and we'll see how that plays. Cause you know, a lot of the time that can take away from your, uh, you know, your ability at the plate cause your mind's all over the place, but nonetheless, you know, this guy just screams stud, not a lot of power, you know, not, not a huge home run guy, but very good when it comes to hitting, uh, you know, doubles, a uh, lot of base hits guys a knack for that. Uh, so overall, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. And I think this is a great opportunity for him, given that Jansen is going to be out for, I'd say, at least three to four weeks, I think they're saying. Uh, so I think this is a good shot to give him some run and see what he can make of it. Yeah, you know, Moreno is a gifted hitter, capable of getting barrel to the ball in and out of the zone. I love Moreno as a prospect, but you're right. These prospects that play the catching position usually translate slowly uh, at the MLB level. They aren't really known for having their crazy hot starts. Rushman was a perfect example. You go across the league, uh, whenever catching prospects are called up with such a high pedigree, they always take, you know, after that first season, that sophomore season's kind of when you start to see them break out. But this guy in May was an absolute monster. His slash line of 380, 443, and 479 in only 18 outings is insane, in my opinion. This guy... He knows what he's doing at the plate. He's going to bring some offense to this Jays team. Now, am I expecting him to become, you know, the all-star catching bat like Alejandro Kirk's been so far this season? No. What Kirk's done this year has, you know, completely blown my socks off. I'm not sure about you. I've always been a big fan of Alejandro, but what he's done at the plate so far this season, 
I'm completely comfortable putting him in a, you know, a DH spot every day now. And even in the postseason, if you can keep that up, but Miranda's a guy, like you said, he's not really a power hitter, but I think that power is just going to come. I think it's, you know, as he grows older and gets stronger, grows into his body, I think that power is just going to slowly translate to the MLB level. But right now, yeah, he could find the gaps uh, in the outfield and, you know, he's a lock for base hits right now. And uh, he's definitely got, you know, a little bit more speed than most uh, catchers uh, in this league right now. So, you know, that's also another bonus, but I'm so excited to see Moreno, but we, I think it's important to mention that we have level expectations because the media has really, you know, taken this as the Jays are, you know, getting a superstar, which in a few years, I have no doubts that Moreno could be arguably the best catcher in baseball. I'm that high on him, but uh, you know, right now the media is really driving it out to be like the Jays just got a super all-star. Do you agree with that? Because everywhere I go right now, I just turn on Sportsnet and I already see, oh, Jays top prospect. Jays get a huge boost and all that stuff. And he's yet to swing a bat in the majors. Yeah, I mean, that kind of goes for all the prospects that come up. But I think especially the Jays do have a very reactive fan base. I think I can be the first one to admit that. I, I see it everywhere. You know, a guy goes on a cold streak, suddenly you want him released, traded, all that. And then a the guy goes on a hot streak and he's the MVP and he's a cornerstone, you know. So I think we have to tailor our, our expectations for him. Look, could he come up and be a superstar right away? It's possible. We've seen it. We've seen Bo go on one of the best runs a rookie's had that I, you know, other than Judge and uh, Alonzo when they had their little thing going. It's one of the best hitting runs, second half specifically, that I've seen in a long time. You know, that was special what Bo did. But on the other side, Vlad struggled his first year. And everyone was saying, oh, you know, he's he's a fraud. He's not nearly as good as everyone's making it out to be. But, you know, we gave him time and we saw what developed. So I think it's important, especially that we're a contending team, it is going to be hard to tailor our expectations because we do know what this team is capable of. And plugging in a top prospect, you assume that it would only elevate us. But, yeah, it's very important that we just take it one step at a time. The kid's super young. Great future ahead of him. I have no doubt that he's going to pan out because his bat-to-ball skills are just too good not to. But it, it does take time sometimes, you know. So if he does come up and have a cold streak, that's why we have Jansen and Kirk, you know, to, to take some pressure off him. I also want to get into it a little bit later, but we'll talk about what this means for the catcher position in general uh, with the Jays and the outlook of that, whether that means trains, trades or whatnot. But, yeah, overall, I mean, I would say that uh, there's no reason to overreact one way or another, whether he comes up and lights the world on fire or he comes up and can't hit a beach ball. It, it's going to be what it is, and we're just going to have to play it safe with him and take our time. Yeah, I agree. You have to be patient here. This fan base is extremely reactional, and, you know, look at uh, Telez, right? Telez now has really put, you know, some nice stretches with the Brewers, and we have Richards over here who's losing us ball games so far this season. Um, you know, that's always one that comes to mind because I remember how much slander Roddy was getting all over social media. And yeah, the streak was really bad, but left-handed hitter, power bat. I, I was a huge Tellez guy. You know that too. So, uh, you know, I'm still kind of salty about that now, especially after what happened against the Royals in that third game. But let's look at the analytics now. The Jays offense clearly has the advantage against the Tigers in the series. The Jays have an average of 249. Uh, the Tigers' average is 221. Uh, on base percentage, the Jays are way better so far this season at 321 compared to the Tigers, 279. Slugging as well, it's not even close. Uh, the Jays have a 418 mark. The Detroit Tigers have a 321 mark. So, you know, the offense is clearly an advantage for the Jays. 
this is a Tigers team that doesn't hit a lot of home runs. I think they're, yeah, I think they might be the second or the worst team in the league in terms of power in this season. Yep, they're ranked 30th here, so I was close. Um, and they're not very quick. They're second last in stolen bases this season. So the Jays offense clearly has an advantage here. I'm looking for the Jays to use their offense as an advantage in this series to, you know, like you said, you're hoping for a sweep. I think a sweep is for sure possible. Uh, it's that third game that I'm looking at. But, you know, this offense to me is going to be where the Jays can win this series. What do you think? I mean, can I be honest? The, the Detroit Tigers have an OPS as a team of 600. Like, it's abysmal. Like, they, they are just flat awful on the offensive side. Now, I know they're getting um, Grossman back, but I don't think that's going to do much to the team. Like, there's no really way to put it. The team doesn't hit the ball very often. They don't get on base very often. They don't hit extra extra base hits very often. And I and this, I would think that it's pretty close to saying that a sweep is almost expected. Um. I just, I just, I think one offense is just so much better, and the other's pitching isn't good enough to counteract that. You know, the Tigers don't have besides um, Tariq, they don't have anybody. I wouldn't even say in the bullpen. You know, they, I do like Soto. Soto's a live arm, but he's inconsistent at times. Uh, I think he's been on a little bit of a run lately. But other than that, nobody really in that bullpen catches my eye. Um, so yeah, I think the offense should really explode here in this series. Yeah, you know, I like how you mentioned Soto there. I love Soto as well. Um, you know, he is on a bit of a run right now. He is an inconsistent arm in that pen, but, you know, that looks like a very nice piece to the back of the bullpen for the Tigers in the long term. So I think they're in a good spot in terms of prospect development. And, you know, Torkelson as well is another guy that I'm a big fan of. Obviously. Love, love him. <laughs> yeah, obviously he's, you know, uh, becoming more and more of a major league player and he's going to be, a star in the future for sure. Uh, tons of power in that bat. So that's one to watch out for. But now you look at the other side of the ball now, and we're talking pitching here. In terms of ERA, the Tigers actually have a better ERA than the Blue Jays rotation, which I find really interesting. Uh, not by much. Uh, the Tigers are at 361, and the Blue Jays are at 371. But the Tigers are seventh in the league, which I thought was pretty cool because this is the this is a Tigers team that has been extremely disappointing. They do have a lot of young arms in this rotation, but their record is not very good. And I think that just shows you that they could get some quality starts. It's just their offense is just so quiet. It hurts them so badly, which makes no sense because they went out and spent money on a guy like Baez. Uh, Baez. Then they call up Torkelson. They still have Miggy there, although he, you know, he's getting older, but he's having a nice season for his age. You know, there's pieces all over this Tigers team. You know, if you want to talk about Akil Badu as well, they have tons of young guys in the outfield. They just can't seem to string it together, and it's frustrating. You know, this was a team that, if you asked me before the season started, I would have said, you know, a long-shot World Series winner. Obviously, I, I would have been comfortable, you know, putting money on them. But, you know, if you ask me what team do I think is going to make the biggest jump, I would have said the Tigers for sure, especially after paying for Baez. Um, but, you know, even home runs given up. They've only given up uh, 55 so far this season, which is 10th in the league, just ahead of the Blue Jays by one, who are currently 12th. Uh, but their part that like their stat here that really is something for me to look at is their batting average against. They have a real good statistic here. They are only 225 um, for opponents batting average against them. The Jays have a 245, which is 18th in the league. The Tigers are sixth. So that's something that, you know, I got to watch out for. What about you? 
Yeah, I mean, okay, let me preface what I was saying earlier about the Tigers pitching not being that good. I was more so speaking uh, current day, because if we do look at how many injuries they have at the moment, that's kind of why this rotation doesn't scare me at all. Because, you look, they're missing Mize, they're missing Eduardo Rodriguez, they're missing Spencer Turnbull, Matt Manning, Michael Pineda, Tyler Alexander. They're missing so many guys, they're really working with scraps here at the back end. So, yes, when fully healthy, this rotation is pretty good. That's why they're ranked so high. But recently, due to all their injuries and how many guys they're missing, that's more so why I think that this rotation isn't much outside of Tariq. Uh, and, yeah, I think I think you're, you're spot on. I don't think, you know, they do have a decent rotation. But, I, I again, like I said, with the current state of it, it it's nothing that uh, poses much of a challenge outside of Tariq. Yeah, this is a team that, you know, they fought with the Pittsburgh Pirates in their last series toe-to-toe. So, you know, I'm not really nervous in many areas, but the pitching line right now, and like you said, they are missing tons of crucial parts of that rotation. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of runs scored this series. I think a lot of runs are going to be scored tonight uh, because, you know, that's just the way baseball is. Uh, sometimes they're high-scoring games. Sometimes they're – really low level, but I think Sunday we're going to see more of a pitching matchup because you you got to give credit to Ross and, you know, he's going up against Scoopball, but I've been so impressed with Stripling as a starter. What about you? Yeah, he's done a much better job. I think, weirdly enough, he's done a lot better in these spot starts when he's kind of been thrown in rather than we were, when we were working him as a full-time starter. Because uh, I remember, you know, going back to last year, uh, he had that first month where he was terrible, made some adjustments. Uh, and then you really started seeing him dial it in where he had like a phenomenal, I can't remember if it was, uh, I think it was a phenomenal May, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that, but I think that's when he had like a really great month. Uh, but no, you know, every time that, you know, he's in a very versatile and important role, uh, I would argue one of the most important roles of the entire staff, which is that long relief uh, six starter position. Uh, and, you know, the value that he brings is phenomenal. He's been fantastic when we've called upon him for starts. Um, you know, when he, when we need him to kind of carry games where the starter doesn't make it too far or too deep into him. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, given what his expectations are and what we need and the role he's in, I think he does a fantastic job. Yeah, uh, you know, Ross, veteran pitcher. I like the trade at the time they brought him over from the Dodgers. Um, you know, they've done some great work with him. They've really translated him into – a better pitcher, I believe. This season in 37 innings, a 3.65 ERA, 31 strikeouts, eight walks. Obviously, his walks uh, have been, you know, a crucial part to his success. Remember when he first came over and his walk rate was so high, but now he's really started to dial it down. Pete Walker just shows us again why he is arguably the best pitching coach in Major League Baseball. He's a stud. Look at what's happening to Robbie Ray right now um, down in Seattle. But, you know, Ross is a guy that, I feel comfortable enough now to kind of rely on him as that starter until Ryu's back. Like you said, he has been better in these spot starts, which maybe it's a mental thing. Like he's not, you know, really thinking about it. He's just kind of thrown into the situation. He's got to work with it. But, you know, obviously I would like to see them go out and attack a starter, uh, you know, close to the deadline, but before the deadline, what do you think? Kind of like a veteran arm just to uh, give us a security blanket in case of injury. Yeah, I agree. I just want to add one more note on Stripling, though. You know, going back in his career uh, and how he's performed, he was a very strong and solid pitcher for the Dodgers up until 2020 when we saw him really regress. You know, the turnaround he's made since he got here 
has been has been very solid. You know, I, th- I think you know we've seen a resurgence later into his career. Uh, you know, he's not quite the pitcher that he was, especially not in 2018 when he was an All Star. But you know, he's been very very solid. Uh, now on the point of the extra starter, I think it's no doubt at this point. Uh, you know, losing Hun Jin uh, definitely hurts. I think. I, I mean, I am on the side of thinking that he's done for not only the season but for probably most of next season, if not all of it. Uh, I think he. I think from all everything I've read and you know uh, all the reports that we've gotten, they seem very in line with what kind of reports come out when a pitcher's headed towards Tommy John. So unfortunately, like whether he does get it or not, or whatever the case may be, it does seem like that injury is significant enough where that's the direction they're headed in terms of like a total shutdown situation. Uh, but even barring that he does come back in some miraculous uh, recovery, I, I still think you need to address that. I wouldn't even be against bringing in another kind of Ross Stripling-esque uh, you know, pitcher in terms of somebody who can also fill in that uh, long relief role because you would like at least another guy you can go to. You don't want to always have to rely on Ross to give you that three, four innings unless they do think that Pearson's that guy. Because to be fair, you know, we, I, I mean, I think we've probably uttered these words thousands of times since, uh, since we first heard, uh, or heard about him getting called up for his very first time. You know, we, we don't know what Pearson is. We don't know. We don't know what he could be. We're just not sure. You know, we don't know if the guy's going to turn into a stud. We don't know if he's going to flop again or get hurt. Mind you, I will say that his injuries as of recently have been very fluky, not, you know, in all fairness to him. But, you know, if, if Pearson could come up and be that even, like, long relief guy, then that would save you one more thing that you would need to go get. But I do think regardless of any of that, you still do need a starter just so that you have a sure thing to add to this team. You know, just to have some fun here as we wrap up this episode as the Jays get ready to take on uh, the Detroit Tigers in a three-game series. Um, and a name that just comes to my head very quickly here is Jose Quintana. Would you be open to that? I, I could see it. I, I could see it. I mean, you know, I think he's pitching for uh, for a team right now that's not very competitive. Pirates. Yeah, I know. I know he's not part of it. He's having a bounce back year. I mean, I, I got to look at the numbers real quick. I just want to see because I don't think last year, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think he had a very good, uh, very good year. Yeah, oh, four, four, six, six, four, six, six ERA, so not great by any stretch of the imagination. But he's definitely bounced back. I mean, he's pitching to a 131 ERA plus, so the guy's been fantastic. Uh, I can't imagine he'd be overly expensive. He is almost, you know, he's, he's, I think, 34 by the end of the year, if I'm not mistaken. But it's yeah. his age 33 season. Uh, so regardless, I don't think he'd be the most expensive guy in the world. Pirates are rebuilding. Uh, well, they've been rebuilding forever, but, you know, they're, they're rebuilding at the moment. Uh, so... I do think it is someone that they definitely should take a look at. Uh, I think amongst other guys, and be, especially being a lefty, you know, replacing Hunjin almost, you know, spot on in terms of that late uh, or that back end lefty, definitely couldn't hurt. Uh, I mean, you know, the the consistency hasn't been there over the last couple of years. Like, I mean, you know, it all kind of fell apart in twenty. I mean, again, I, every year, I, the guy's never had much success until he had like. Uh, I'm trying to look, maybe he was an all-star in 2016. Um, but, you know, since that point, you know, since as he was aging, he didn't age gracefully to put it. I think that's what I'm trying to get at here. He hasn't aged the greatest, but this resurgence has been, uh, you know, very, very interesting. And I think the Jays should go uh, at least, you know, give a call, do due diligence uh, and, you know, keen in on him. I'm not sure what the asking price would be. Again, I think it's on the cheaper side, I'd imagine. 
But uh, I guess, you know, if it's nothing crazy, I don't see why that wouldn't be a perfect fit. The reason why I, you know, went straight to Quintana is because Jose is a guy that he is a big game pitcher. He's a pitcher that strives in big moments. You know, I've seen him pitch so far this season with the Pirates as well. And, you know, when the Pirates have, you know, a game that they're really favored to lose in terms of betting odds, he'll go out and shut down the other team's best lineup. Like I watched the game where uh, the Pirates during the series, they swept the Dodgers out in L.A. And Quintana did a great job against the Dodgers. And the Dodgers are one of the best teams in baseball, if not the best. Uh, so, you know, Quintana's a guy that we've seen him have playoff success. Uh, he's a big moment pitcher. And I want the fit here because, like you said, he shouldn't be too expensive. Obviously, you know, he's on an expiring deal. He's on a bounce back season. His cap, his cap, his salary and all this stuff is very fittable for the Blue Jays. It's very cheap. You know, it's the Pirates that are paying him. So it's nowhere near expensive. But the only thing is, what are you going to give up, right? Like, there's tons of players here. Uh, that you can look at in terms of starters. Starters, in my opinion, are so difficult to talk about in terms of projecting a trade and all that stuff. You know, how many times uh, in the offseason did me and you talk about Sean Manaya potentially coming to the Blue Jays? And, you know, he was sent out to San Diego. So, you know, talking pitching and, you know, trade deadline episodes are one of my favorites. And, you know, me and you have been discussing, we're going to have a bullpen one coming out first uh, as we near the All-Star break next month in July. Quintana is a guy, you know, lefty in the rotation. I think the fit would be perfect. He's a veteran. And, you know, the thing with Quintana that I want him here in Toronto is because he won't block the gap for our young players. You know what I mean? Like you mentioned Pearson. If we go and trade for a starter, um, you know, like a Taylor Molly, he's going to block that rotation spot for, you know, at least a couple seasons now. And I want Pearson to make the jump. I'm still confident in Pearson. Yes, he has had some fluky injuries, but – Quintana's a guy that he can come in now, pitch uh, the back end of the regular season and, you know, help out in the playoffs. He can even be moved to the bullpen as well. And he provides that veteran presence that it looks like this Jays team could use, right? So that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to these this year's deadline. I think there's going to be tons of players. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, we're at the end of this episode. Anything you want to add on here before we wrap it up? Yeah, actually, I wanted to add that the thing about uh, Quintana that jumps out the most to me is the only two home runs allowed so far in 53 innings. I mean, that to me uh, is very appealing, given that we do play in uh, what I would consider a hitter-friendly ballpark, not to mention uh, all the home run hitters that are in the AL East. You know, probably, uh, I have to look at numbers, but I'd assume it's it's either number one or two for most home runs uh, in terms of divisions. I mean, we got a lot of power hitters in that division, a lot of hitter-friendly ballparks, so... Definitely, uh, definitely doesn't hurt, uh, and that's that's kind of what what's most attractive to me because I think if we can really bring someone in who can avoid giving up the long ball, our defense, like we mentioned in the last episode or, or the episode before, is one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league, right? So I think if we can bring in a guy who keeps the ball in the yard, that would be exceptional. But other than that, uh, I'm excited to see what Moreno does. Um, you know, I'm excited to see the Jays hopefully get back on track here after an you know unfortunate loss to the Royals. Uh, and yeah, I'm hoping they carry this momentum. Like you said, seven and three in the last 10, although the three and six or three, uh, three and three in the last six, but you know, overall things are looking up, they're getting better. Uh, and hopefully Moreno can just kind of, you know, fit into the lineup and just help carry it over. Yes. Um, you know, last thing here quickly, what if Moreno starts tonight in the Jays lineup, obviously I'd expect him to be hitting in the nine hole or somewhere in the back what would be your projected slash line for his debut? Cause eventually it's going to come over this weekend. 
Yeah. Okay. I, I would say I'm going to go on the uh, safer end here. I'm going to think it's something of like a one for three, one for four, probably a single I'd imagine with a walk mixed in. Uh, you know, it also wouldn't surprise me if you were to put one in the gap and get a double. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just don't think it'll be a multi-hit game, I, but I do think he'll get one. Like I said, like we've talked about, this guy's bat, exceptional when it comes to bat-to-ball skills. Can put the ball all over the diamond. Uh, can definitely find holes uh, and find gaps for sure. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's too far-fetched. I don't imagine he strikes out. Uh, I mean, he could. Don't get me wrong. Definitely happens adjusting the major league level. But lucky for him, he isn't getting tested by somebody too crazy. So at the same time, if he were to, you know, light it up this game, that wouldn't shock me either. The guy's very talented. Um, but I will say, the only thing that would surprise me is if he goes deep this game. That that would be a shocker to me. <laughs> really? I, I got kind of a different answer. I don't know. I've got some weird feeling that he is going to make a real impact this series. Uh, I think, you know, I have this weird feeling. I know he's not a power-driven prospect like Torkelson or anything, but I have a weird feeling he's either going to – put one over the fence or he's going to have a quick start and get us a, a double right away. Uh, you know, I look at Rushman as well as, you know, a catching prospect that was so hyped when he came up his first AB, he hits a triple. So, you know, I have a good feeling about Moreno. I think, uh, you know, the Jays are going to have a lot of lopsided victories uh, at certain point. Well, you know, in this stretch here against the Tigers, I think they're going to have a lot of, you know, points in games where they're up by, you know, a pretty safe margin. And I think, you know, when you're playing, with a grand lead and uh, you know, you're a hyped up prospect like Moreno and you're playing against probably the back end pitching of the Tigers. I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he puts one over the fence. Yeah, that would definitely be exciting. I can't lie. I would be, I'd be pleasantly surprised. Don't get me wrong. The guy, the guy's talented to the, you know, 10 out of 10 talent. We know this five-star prospect. We're well aware. So if you were to do that, wouldn't shock me. Uh, but I definitely think throughout the series, he'll pick up a couple hits. All right. I think that's all for us today. Thank you guys for listening to the Battleborn Blue Jays podcast. Uh, we'll talk to you guys on Monday after the Jays hopefully sweep the Detroit Tigers.